much for joining us on the Females in Motorsport podcast today. How are you doing? Uh, first of all, thank you. Th- thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here to talk to you. Great. I'm so happy to have you as well. I know that um, as a race director, there's a lot of people who are probably really aching to hear from you and about your job. So I really appreciate you taking the time today. So let's start off with the basics. What is, how would you describe the role of a race director during a typical race weekend? So the main goal main thing from the race director perspective of things is safety always at all times so you have to have a big knowledge of the track or if not rely always on the locals of each racetrack where we go to and that's our main focus during the whole weekend so knowing that the track is safe not only for the drivers to be able to go on track and do their thing but also for all of the marshals that work trackside um, because that's always the most important thing in order for the drivers to be safe on track marshals also need to be safe on the sides of it and they also need to know how to work when to act and what they need to do and what is expected from them so i think that's always the main thing uh, from the race director's point of view each weekend so we do a lot of meetings, not only with the drivers before they go on track. So we do drivers briefing on the first day before we hit track. So they know what is expected from them. And they know all of the basics from the racetrack. Even if they've been there, they they need to know like some track specifics that we want them um, to know. And then we also do marshals briefing at every racetrack that we go. Usually the marshals briefing um, the person in charge of the marshals briefing is the local um, race director. So the clerk of the course is the one giving the marshals briefing with um, all of the managers on site. And then we, we try to always go at least to one of them during the weekend uh, just to explain to them any specifics, any things that the drivers told us during the weekends that didn't work out and to try to solve uh, issues and also to thank them from, for their job because we do a sport that without those marshals that and volunteers that work trackside we would not be able to do anything not us not the drivers so it's really important um i think on our side to be aware of that and to try to thank them as much as we can Wow, it looks like you work very, very closely with marshals. I didn't realize that. That's such a big part of um, your role. How long have you been a race director? I've been, so I'm 27 now. I've been a race director since I was 20. So for the last seven years, I started. That's a long time. Started, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time. It, it doesn't look like, like when people see me in race control, no one thinks I've been doing it for such a long time. But I started, I, I started when I was 20. My dad was a race director as well. So he was, doing, he was doing international championships and it got to a point that he had a lot of work, a lot of cars, lots of technology being in race control. And he said, I need someone to come and help me out during race weekends. You have a race director's license, you should join. 
and I, I joined the series he was working. So like all of the knowledge I have from race control comes from my dad. He was a race director for so many years of his life. And I think starting together with him, so learning everything, sitting next to him, it's what got me to where I am now because it was um it was a lot of knowledge and i think it's it's a job that like you don't study for it you have courses you get your licenses but you start knowing how to act and working towards being a good race director once you sit next to someone and you learn from someone because i think that's that's the main point you can you can know how to drive because like you can do that on your own but you will need someone to teach you on your side, but you need to pass so many tests to be able to have a license and know how to drive. It's not the same thing on the martial side. So I think really on the martial side, it's it's a lot of a hands-on uh, learning because in, in the end, even if I've been doing this for 10 years, there's things we had this season that had never happened to me. So I think it's a constant learning from our side because there's a lot of things and a lot of unexpected that can happen during a race weekend that you will not have studied before, so you will not know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, uh, that was going to be my next question. Like, I know you can't study to be a race director. So when you're studying for these licensing tests and you, you have the opportunity to learn from your father, but for someone else who doesn't have that kind of um, support, how, you know, what kind of skills do you need to really excel as a race director? I think a race director always needs to be a good leader. And you need to have a lot of social skills because in the end, it's what we discussed before. Like you need to work together with the marshals, with the local race control team. But then also on the other side, you have uh, all of the teams, the drivers, promoters, so there's a lot of people involved and everyone needs to follow the same way in order to things to work. We know that motorsport is always a team sport. Even if there's only one person driving the car, it's a, it's a teamwork because there's a lot of factors that need to work in order for that person to be able to drive and do a good race. So I think those are the most, those two are the most important skills. Then you also need to be really confident with all of your um, with not with your opinion but with your decisions because in the in the end you're choosing safety first always and there's people that will for example for sure the the drivers will want to race at all times because that's that's what they want to do always and you need to always be the one to put safety first and tell them okay it's okay to race now but we have this issue right now here, so we need to stop. There's no racing now. We'll stop. We'll fix this, and then we'll go back into racing. And there's there's a lot of times that those that those decisions are not are not easy. Not not from our side because we can see we can see something like super clear, like track is like that. We're not racing, and it's and it's sometimes difficult for the teams to understand. Or not even for from the teams, for the promoter side of it, from TV. Like I, I've had a lot of races with a lot of rain, in which we said no, like we're just going straight safety car, and someone from TV coming in and saying, "Ah oh, no, you're not doing safety car," because then where's the racing? What are we showing? 
like drivers will not like it spectators will not like and it's like yes but like there's no way we can do this so we are racing behind the safety car so that's you need you need to be like really strict with those things and have like a really clear line on what we can do and when i want to hear someone else's opinions and when this is my opinion and that's it and we are doing it this this way yeah 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 it's interesting because sometimes it's like you almost like you have to play the bad guy even if people are not happy about it but let's say that you know you said they let you go on with the race and something bad happened then also responsibility would likely fall on you so it's a delicate balance yeah yeah absolutely it's important to know because i think not a lot of people know uh, race directors have um, their responsibility on track like if there's an incident if, if there's a huge crash and police comes on track to ask why did that happen they don't go to the track manager they don't go to the responsible of the racetrack they don't go to the teams they go straight to the race director they look who's the race director and if there's someone to be at fault for an incident it's the race director so that's why it's so important to have a red line drawn on like this is safety so we are do- not doing it or we can do it because in the end it's it's your final decision to do to the things yeah yeah absolutely so i know right now you're working with f1 academy which is great what other series have you worked on before this so i do like this season i'm doing six different championships during the season so i'm doing four gt championships plus two formula championships so i'm doing um gt open i'm doing gt cup open and euro formula open with our which are three championships from the same promoter which is gt sport and that's the first championship that i started when i was 20 because it's where my dad was working and when he left i became the the race director for them so they were the first ones who gave me the opportunity when i was only 20 to be the race director of their of their series and it's why now like seven years later i still work with them and i love working with them because they they were the first ones who well who were crazy enough to say we are putting a 20 year we are putting a 20 year old in front of all of in front of all of these people and she's going to be our race director and they were so sure about their decision because i I remember the first time we chat about it and they and they said no like if your dad needs to leave uh, we want you to be the race director and I was so shocked because I remember looking at him like and I told uh, the promoter I told him like if you want to have a safer option like I will be here I can be the deputy I can help out I know I have the knowledge but if you don't want to risk it and put me in front of everyone I completely understand it. And they were super cool and they were like no 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 you're you're stepping in you're being you are our race director and you will do it. And if you need help you'll get help from from someone else but you're stepping in and you're doing it. Oh my so god that, I love that. So, yeah. That 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 was so great because it it was a moment it like in tw- when you're 20 like you don't have the confidence to say yeah okay i'm jumping in i'm doing it and i was coming from like my dad had been the race director for the past 20 years and i was like like he had so much experience i'm so new into this like i know i can do it 
but there's like that moment in which uh, you lack that final confidence and and you're not that sure of if it if this is going to be like my thing or not and and they were the ones who like really really pushed me and said you need to try it you need to try it if you then don't feel confident enough and you want someone with you to help you out we'll find someone but you need to try it and i tried it and i've been now the race director for the series for the last four years and it's been it's been great that's amazing um yeah that i feel like yeah. i understand like at 20 because a race director's role is so unique. It's a big responsibility. Your decision impacts so many other people. People who are driving, people who are coming to watch the race, people who are watching the race from, from their homes. Your decision impacts a lot of people. I I don't think I would have been able to take that on when I was 20. That's that's really incredible. Yeah, and I think also the, the fact, there was also the fact that uh, not in the Formula Championships, because in Formula Championships, people are people were like more or less the same age as me. Everyone was younger, so it was let's say it was easier for me to have that leadership role with people who were younger than me, because I I was more like I was happier in that in that briefing side of it with like fifteen year old, fifteen year olds plus me. Like I was like okay, like this is my comfort zone. I can do this. But just imagine, like, in the GT championships that I do, there's drivers aged was in between 18 and 65. So there's drivers, there's drivers, because we, we joke about that a lot now that they know me. We joke about that a lot, and there's a lot of drivers that tell me, like, you know, like, like with my age, I could be your father. I could be possibly your granddad if I was a young granddad. And you're here sitting in front of me, telling me what I need to do and what I'm doing wrong. So that that is also sometimes complicated. It's it's not only, there's always the discussion of, no, it's a woman in a role of power. But I think for me, it was not that. Like, they really don't care if I'm a man or a woman. What they care is they look at me and they know they are 40 years older than me. So then there's a lot of a lot of times in which you're trying to call them out because they did something wrong and you don't want them to be doing that. And they just look at you like, I've been racing for 40 years. You were not born when I was racing. Why are you telling me that? So it's it's difficult at first to get to the level of confidence in which, you know, like, I'm here. I'm like, I'm the boss here. So these are the rules. You need to follow these rules. If you're not following them, you're wrong. I'm right. Like it's that, but it's it's a bit complicated at first to get to that level, and it still happens now. Like there's a lot of drivers that have been running my championship for a lot of years, so we know each other, and it's easy. And when someone new comes in and like starts talking to me, like ah, she doesn't know anything, I see like all of the other drivers that know me for a long time look at him like. He doesn't know where he's stepping in. Like, he doesn't know who he's asking. Because I understand, like, at, at first, the first thing you will you will think is, okay, like, I've been racing for 40 years. She was not even born. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And you first get into that approach, but they change opinions really fast. Whenever I, I start speaking to them, like, they change opinions really fast. But it's always that first moment 
in which it, it, it gets complicated. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, you're working to make the race safer for them and for everyone mm-hmm. else. So it is a win-win situation, but I can see why someone who's a lot older will be like, why am I taking direction from you? And in the beginning, it's a little tricky. I think even if I was in that role, I would feel like difficult telling someone else what to do because I would see that they have so much more experience than I do. It might even impact your own confidence. So it's great mm-hmm. that like you were able to, you know, kind of hold your ground and just do your role so well. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's that. It's it's com- it's complicated at first, but I think you need to be talking a lot to yourself in your mind saying, I know the answer, like, I know them, like, it's like that, like, they are asking because they want this, but I know the answer, I'm confident of my answer. And I think it's always great to have a good team next to you, in which you can just like, look at someone on the briefing room from your team, and to know them just with an eyesight that they think the same way as you do. And they give you that confidence just with like just by looking at you and I think that's great not only you being confident about what you're saying but also to have people from your team around you that you know they think the same way as you and they will support whatever you're saying yeah absolutely what has been you would say like your most chaotic race ever oh I had rain when it rains is always a chaos even even if you're super ready, even if it like even if it rains in spa where everyone knows it will rain, it's always chaos. I remember I had a race. I think it was well my the first race I did in spa in I think it was 2017. I remember we were sitting in race control, and we started watching uh, a lot of cars going out in one turn, and we didn't understand it because it was fully sunny. So the, the race control. The race control spa, there's a like a glass window all on one side in which we see the pit lane. And it was super sunny. And I was like, it looks like it's raining, like from how the cars were driving and how they were going off. Like it looked like it was raining, but it was fully sunny. And we started asking the marshals and they were like, no, we don't see anything weird. It's fine. Track is fine. Uh, but then what we thought is, Okay, Spa is a seven kilometer track, which means it is usually sunny on one side of the track and pouring rain in the other side of the track, which was what was happening at that time. So we had nearly half of the field was out because they were running <laughs> they were running on dry tires and it started raining from nowhere just in one side of the racetrack. So there were I think it was two turns in which it was pouring rain. Everywhere else, it was super dry and sunny. So that was like, that was chaotic until we found out, okay, it's raining. Like, gave them permission to go inside the pits to change the wet weather tires. But then we also had drivers, like, it's not mandatory for them to put wet weather tires. So we had a lot of drivers that said, it's only two turns, so we will risk it. So they were driving perfectly on track, then got to those two turns and you could see like super slow cars going there because those were the cars that didn't want to stop to lose their race, but they had to drive really slow on those two turns. And and yeah, like it's it's always like chaos always comes with rain because like we had some races with that, like fully sunny and then it starts raining from nowhere. 
And then the other issue we have right now in motorsport is we use so much technology that whenever there's one day that the technology doesn't work, like you need to react super fast in order to see, um, okay, what, what, what can we do? Because like, it's, it's so complicated when you are used to working in one way that when everything stops, like you don't have, like you need to find resources super fast. Because I have two examples of that. I think, I think it was two years ago we did a race. I did a race in, at Spa, in which on Friday night it rained really, really, really bad. I remember we were having dinner, and everything was flooding. It was so bad, and I remember we were having dinner with the stewards, and we were joking like, just imagine if all of the racetrack is flooded, and the electric system doesn't work tomorrow, because it's not a matter of like does the asphalt take the water or not? Like, just imagine if the electric system is not working tomorrow. And they were like, no, like, this is spa. Like, they are used to rain, so everything will be fine. So we got on track Saturday, like, 6.30. Got on track, arrived there, saw my timekeeper with, like, all of his face was fully white. And I remember looking at him, like, is everything fine, Luis? And he told me, no, like, the electric system is out. Like, there's nothing working because of the water, so we don't have timekeeping. And I was like, okay, and we're trying to fix it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I think we found a way. It's fine. And I was like, okay, then problem solved. And he was like, no, problem solved, no. Go inside race control and you will see. I went inside race control. All of the CCTV screens were off. Everything was off. And I was like, okay. And they were like, no, like, it's, it's off. It's not working. And it doesn't look like it will work. And that was 6.30 in the morning. I was like, okay, but we start, I think we were starting qualifying at nine. I told them like, we have two hours and a half for it to start working. And they were like, I think we will not make it. So we had to find a way because they had marshals, they had marshal radios that were, were working more or less, but there were points in which there was not even marshal connection. So when we started, when we had to start qualifying, we only had half of the CCTV uh, screens back on. The other half was not working. So what we ended up doing was um, our TV cameras were working. So we sent one of the stewards to the TV truck and he had an intercom with me. So he was just sitting there watching the... Because I think we had half of the race truck was like we were blind in half of the race truck. So whenever he saw cars on that half of the race truck, he was telling me like 63 is now a turn seven. He's driving more or less fine. He's not doing track limits. Oh my it, God. it looks fine. So he was there being like my official commentator for the whole qualifying. Well, for the whole day because half of the race truck didn't work. Like half of the CCTV of the race truck didn't work for the whole day. So he spent all of the day in the in the TV truck, being my official commentator on on intercoms, telling me like there's three cars here, doesn't look like that, doesn't look bad, doesn't look good. And then we had a laptop with us, race control, in which they would send us replays of like weird things they saw on camera, just in case we didn't know about it. So he would tell me like we are sending you a clip now on your laptop of something we saw that looks weird. And then he would send us the clips over. So for like, like that was 
a really chaotic race because it, it's that you rely so much on technology nowadays that whenever these like well this was not small but whenever these things happen like you need to find a way to solve it or for example we had this year in an f1 academy race we went to zambort and we got to race control and everyone was shouting at each other and, and we didn't understand it and i was like what's going on like everything looks fine and they looked at me and they were like no the starting lights don't work i was like okay and what are we doing without starting lights because like all of our drivers like they were already on the grid and i was like what are we doing without starting lights and they said no like um they are blocked like the yellow lights are blocked so we need to turn everything off restart the system and see if it works i said okay like they are on the grid like you have five minutes try to restart everything and see if it works they restarted the lights they were still blocked so they we could not do it sequence was not working when we started the sequence it got blocked again and they told me like okay nails like it's it's easy like we can start just giving them the the national flag they will understand it and i remember looking at my steward and we had that that weekend uh, the f3 race director was also with us he, he was in race control um looking at the race and he looked at me and he was like you re- you think they will understand it and i was like no they will not understand it like we've never told them if the lights don't work this is how we do it like we never told them that um so we were there discussing okay which is the way in which we, they will understand the race has started we will do it this way like let's find a way and i remember claro said what if we start behind the safety car I was like, yeah, okay, like they will, they, they will understand that. It's easy. Safety car turns lights on. We tell them we do one lap behind the safety car, and then we start the race. And that that's what we did. We started behind the safety car. But in that but in that moment, like you only have five minutes to think, and it's not only to think. It's you need to think. You need to tell the teams for them to tell the drivers, for the drivers, all of them to be super sure they understand what the starting procedure is. So it was super complicating. That's a crazy story. Because I can imagine yeah. that when you're already on the grid, you're just waiting for the lights. Like, why are they not going out? That's so interesting. Oh, my God. I feel like it's also because it's a, it's a newer series. The drivers are a lot younger. For them, it's probably a little bit more yeah. like they have to get used to the... Like the yeah things not sometimes not working and all that kind of stuff. Whereas maybe somebody who's a little bit more seasoned has seen more things happen. So they're okay. Exactly. But for, but for example, like that light, the starting lights not working. We had the discussion and none of us, like none of us on the sporting side, no one had had that happening on a race weekend. No one. So like that, those are the kind of things that make, make you think, okay, like if this technology doesn't work, how do we need to fix it? And it's not only how do we need to fix it, it's how do we explain that to the drivers as fast as possible so they know what we're doing. Do you ever get pushback from teams, not just in F1 Academy in any series? Do teams ever get back to you and say, like, no, I, we don't think this is a good idea? Yes, all of the times, most of the times. I think I think we disagree. Really? I think we disagree more than we agree with teams. I think I think mo- most of the times, because 
I can I can I can understand it like because whenever we have those discussions they also they always finish with I'm really sorry I know we're giving you a hard time and it's like no like it's their job as team managers to defend what their drivers want and what their what their drivers want is to race as much as possible so usually like the biggest discussion is always when you finish a race behind the safety car. I think that's always the biggest discussion. Like you didn't let you didn't let us race. We could have raced. It was the last lap. Yeah. So so I think like you always need to be like not sure about the, your decision, but to have like all of the answers of why did we take that decision? Like we took the decision to finish behind the safety car because there was no no time to pull out the car. We had to do it this way. Like you need to know all of your reasons. Not not because you want to be sure that like you did the right thing, but because whenever there's a lot of teams a lot of teams coming to ask you like, oh, why did you do this? Like that was not the good choice. Then it when it's when you start like thinking and rethinking what you did, if it was the good option, if it was not the good option, should we have done things another way? And they make you like they make you rethink everything you're doing at all times. Like they they, they are really good with that because they also have the racing experience. So they are really good at pushing you to try to try to change your idea. But so you need to be super sure of why you did things. And and to give them those reasons, because there's sometimes that we do things and because we see because we see more things that they see. Because it's it's that like we have all of the CCTV of all of the racetracks. So we see all of the racetrack at all times. Like they don't see that. They have their driver's opinion and they can see the camera on their on their car, but they don't see the whole track at all times. Hundred percent. How many people are there within race control, or does that differ based on the series and the based on the race? It 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 changes a lot, not only from series to series, but also from racetrack to racetrack. It it changes a lot, but it's it's usually it's never less than ten people in race control. Because usually there's like um like yeah I'll I'll say I'll say it's usually. And for me, 10 people, it's really like, it's not a lot of people working race control. I'll say, I think in Barcelona, which is my local racetrack, we are usually in average, we're like 20, 20 something in race control. I don't know why I always thought it's around maximum 10 people. That's so interesting that it's sometimes going to be 20, 25. So I know this is the first year with F1 Academy, which is... Um, been really fantastic I've been following it very closely and I've been really loving it um, but I'd love to know from you what has been your experience like for me it's 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 been great joining this championship because I have to say I really like the academy part of it so for me like the F1 part of it it's like not the important part of our championship for me the the academy part of it has been like the most fun part of the championship because I I I really enjoying not I I don't want to say teaching the girls because I think we're not teaching the girls but um we do a lot of re, like we review a lot of videos with them so during the briefings of each round after we do the full briefing of what our weekend will look like we review images from the previous weekends 
of things that they did that went up to the stewards or things we saw in race control that we didn't really like. So we shared, we shared all of those videos with them and we explained them like why those things were wrong, why we didn't like them, what they should do in another moment. And I, I, I think that's my favorite part of the weekend. It's that it's showing them things for them to learn in order, in order not to do mistakes in the future. And also for them when they jump into another championship and do different things. To understand why things are done in a in a concrete manner, like for example, we did last weekend, well last round we did um, an extrication exercise with the girls, and yeah, we did it with uh, with Lena, and we told all of the other girls like you should come to see it because if there's an incident on track and they need to extricate you, like you should come and see it to understand what happens if you have the incident and they need to take you out of the car and they all came there and i was there with all of them chatting and explaining to them like why do they take them out in one way where do they need to hold what will the doctors tell them and i think those are the moments in which i enjoy the most when we can have like one-on-one talks with the girls and and they can ask um, stuff or they can ask things that they've seen on the onboards or things that they see on the highlights after the racing weekends and they just want to understand why we do things in one way and not in the other one which is the best way for them and I think that's, that's what, I, what, what I enjoy the most like for them to ask us a lot of questions because you see you they want to improve from weekend to weekend and they want to improve in order like to go to another championship with all of the knowledge i think they are like they are not shy to ask questions they ask a lot of questions they want to know everything and i think that's that's the best part of the championship yeah that's really that's really interesting because yes of course they are training to progress in their careers and the fact that they can um see what they did wrong at all like older races or the same race or even just ask questions from someone who has so much experience like you. I think um, that's a really, really um, good layer to add into the academy part of F1 Academy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So before we wrap up this conversation, we're going to do something that's called a rapid fire round. And I'm just going to ask you three questions and you have to tell me whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. Are you, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Awesome. Great. So let's start with question number one. If you were not a race director, which career path would you pursue? I would be a teacher. Teacher 100%. Oh. That, that, that's what I've been doing. So this is, this is the first year that I'm only doing motorsport. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. but I feel like in F1 Academy, you kind of have that a little bit where yes. you're able to guide the girls a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, oh, that's awesome. I, think there's, I think there's a lot of teaching in being a race director as well. Because like all of the briefings, like the chats with the drivers, that, that gets a lot of my teacher side of it. Cool, I like that. All right, question number two. Obviously, you have been doing, being a race director for so many years. You've been on multiple tracks. I want to know, what is your favorite racetrack? Oh, I think if I not say Barcelona, they will kick me out of my house. 
<laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so Barcelona and I'll say Monza. Every every Italian track, I think, like there's something there's something special in Italian race tracks. Like I think it's the race tracks, the history, the people. It's it's like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And like this year that that we were there racing with Weg, seeing a podium with Ferrari drivers in Monza. That was it was crazy. Like all of the atmosphere that the Italians create in race tracks. That has to be my favorite. Yeah, Monza is on my bucket list. I really want to see a race there. I just, I've heard that the um, atmosphere is just like electric. So I feel like I have to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then last question, what is your favorite thing about your job? The favorite thing about my job, the people that I work with, because I think like that's the most important thing. Like you need to work with people you feel confident working with, you feel happy working with, and you enjoy because in the end, we spend so many hours working. We spend a lot of hours on race tracks. So there's a lot of that, like having the good atmosphere with the people that work with you. I think that's the, be- the best part of, of the work, the people that, that work with us. Yeah, and it looks like you work with so many people in race control, with drivers, teams. So it's almost like you need to have a good team dynamic, just like a respectful team dynamic, which it looks like you have. So that's great. Yeah, it is. Awesome. It has been such a pleasure learning about all of your crazy stories and your your journey so far. I think that as a race director, we don't really get to hear from race directors what they do, what their role is. The only touch point we have as fans is when they are giving decisions and things like that. So it's been lovely hearing your side of the story. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting. And I think it's that it's it's also great to put the spotlight on the other side of things. So on what happens behind the scenes on a on a race weekend. And yeah, thank you so much for letting me share my story.